Hey, my name is BJ Blackburn. I'm the pastor of Elevate Church. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope that this podcast encourages you, inspires you, and makes you fall more in love with Jesus than ever before. If you'd like to check us out, you can visit our website at www.elevatechrist.org. We would love to hear from you very soon. But for now, let's get into the Word. We are pumped to see what God is going to do today. Here's the message. Y'all are pumped? Hey, if you're a first-time guest, don't leave until we get a connect card. We would love to connect with you uh, and just send you some stuff about the church. And, and, and Anyway, just wanted to say that. Are you pumped? Yeah. Come on, are you pumped? Yeah. I believe this is going to be a good day. I believe there's going to be some breakthroughs happen, and uh, I believe things are going to be awesome. Uh, last week, we talked about dominion. Everybody shout dominion. Yeah. We talked about authority. Everybody shout authority. This Sunday, I, I want to kind of play off of that for a minute, but I want to show you what happens when you take your dominion and you take your authority, even though you're going through the storm. I believe things will shift, and, and we got a lot of people that really don't believe that what's inside of you is greater than what you go through. We believe that the, the circumstances are bigger than the spirit that you carry a lot of times, and so we have the same people praying for a breakthrough, and God is saying, if you'll just take charge, lay hands on yourself, and believe, and, and speak life over your own situations, because we're praying for God to do things that God's given us the ability to do. We're praying for God to take care of something that God said, hey, hey, you take care of it. And so we've not taken our rightful place as the children of God because that's first and foremost. Unless you believe, unless you understand that you are a child of God, you are not some, you're not some uh, kid that he's kicked to the curb. You are a child, meaning that you are a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Everything that he is, you get. You have access to whatever the Father has, and you still walk around like we're whipped little pups and we're defeated by everything life throws our way. That's not how it should be. You're supposed to have dominion. You're supposed to have authority you're supposed to have power to where everything that you face it doesn't get on the inside of you you may go through it but that's exactly what you'll do like Kim always says you'll go through it you're not going to be stopped by it and so that's what we're going to be talking about is Daniel chapter number three is a uh, an amazing story about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego I heard my baby out there scary he is there uh, he's he's going to preach me down but this is uh, uh, there's a, an amazing story about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and uh, dad 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 and uh, I love him. He's awesome. But Daniel chapter number 3, I believe this is going to be fun. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fiery furnace. If you know the story, we've heard it in, in, in children's church, and we've heard it in Sunday school when we were all growing up. But I want you to watch something because something shifts here, and it's probably not the story that you always thought it was. Daniel chapter number 3, and I'm just going to read it. It says, Then the high officers, watch, watch who's here. You've got to understand, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been thrown in a fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's rule or, or, or law to bow whenever you heard the sound. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But here they are. They've now been thrown in the fiery furnace. And watch who comes to see them in the fiery furnace. Watch this. It says, The high officers, the officials, the governors, and advisors crowded around and seen that the fire had not touched them. Do you understand that these are prominent people in the community that have gathered around? It wasn't your average Joe. It wasn't typical Tina that just came up and walked and seen everybody it wasn't that kind of thing it was a very strategic it was a very it's almost like President Trump and all of his advisors came to see the fire you see what I'm saying it's, it's that kind of thing it's the governor it's the officials it's the mayor it's the political people of the town have came to watch these boys die in this furnace it wasn't the people off the street it wasn't mom and dad at home it was only the officials which tells you something that these guys had to have some kind of influence in the government these had guys if it was just a, a show for the whole city 
they would have invited the whole city, not just the officials. But this was a private ceremony. This was an official ceremony. This was a government thing that was going on. But they looked down in the pit. All these governmental officials looked down in the pit. And it says not a hair on their head was singed. Not one thing. Not their clothing was it wasn't scorched. They did not even smell like the smoke they had been sitting in. Come on. So these three Hebrew boys had went through hell. They were just literally sitting in a fire. But they did not even smell like smoke. In other words, they had been through hell. But they did not smell like the hell they had been through. Come on. They look at the person beside you and say, I've been through some stuff, but I don't smell like that anymore. Come on. And here's my disclaimer for this message. If you're one of those people that have never been through anything, if hell's never tried to sit you down and shut you up, if all of the demons in hell have never tried to silence you and stop you from going where God's called you to be, if you've never experienced the furnace, then this message is not for you. But I believe, come on, but if you are like the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter number three, if you've ever been through the fire, experienced pain, or you may be going through one right now, I believe that this word is for you. And I promise you that if you'll be faithful when you're going through the storm, that you'll come out not even smelling like the storm you just went through. Come on. In other words, you don't have to settle for going. Some people go through the storm and we stop in the middle of the storm because we think the storm is bigger than our God. And God's saying if you'll persevere, if you'll take dominion, if you'll take authority, when you come out, you won't even smell like it. You'll be better coming out than when you were going in. Come on. Verse 4. Watch this. I want to read this. Daniel chapter number 3 verse 4 says, Then the herald loudly proclaimed. There it is. Watch this. The herald. What do you, the press, or the Floyd County Times, Floyd County Chronicle, the Paintsville Herald, that's what it's talking about. It's a newspaper, okay? Then the Herald, watch this, the newspaper got written, and on the front page of the paper it says, Nations and people of every language, this is what you're commanded to do as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down. Isn't this interesting that right here, these are the same exact instruments that the Bible describes Satan had inside of him. And now we're sitting here talking about as soon as you hear the same sound that Satan used to make, you need to bow down. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Verse 6, whoever does not fall, watch this, and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And we got a lot of people bowing to a lot of sounds. The sound of fear, the sound of doubt, the sound of anxiety. we got a lot of people bowing down all the time. But I'm telling you, you've got to have enough audacity about yourself where you say, I don't, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm not going to bow down to anything other than the name of Jesus. Because there's something powerful about bowing down. Pow- bowing down gives your will away. It gives basically. But why do you think that in Matthew chapter number 4, the enemy came to Jesus in the wilderness and said, if you bow, bow down, bow down to me. He was trying to get Jesus to bow down because bowing down shows lordship. Bowing down shows that you're greater than me. And so the enemy was trying to get Jesus to say, hey, you're bigger than me. But Jesus did not bow down. Hey, I'm telling you, hell wants you to stop worshiping. Hell wants you to be silent. The enemy wants you to surrender, to give up, to, and to bow to anything. But it's real simple. Elevate church. The enemy's trying to get you to settle for less. Plain and simple. Because he wanted Jesus to settle for less by bowing down. If you can settle for the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar You'll never really see the real God. But, you know, the golden statue is good. That's what he's trying to do. If you'll just settle for coming to church, getting your chill bump, getting your praise on, dancing a little bit, going home. If you'll just settle in your calling, don't do a whole lot. You know, just do enough to scratch by and everybody thinks you're a good person. You just sit there and, you know, clap your hands and everybody thinks. For God's sake, don't settle for a statue of gold when you've got a God of grace waiting with arms wide open. Come on. 
And, and I believe if the, if the children of Israel could preach right here, they would say, don't settle for manna. Don't settle for manna in the desert when there's milk and honey waiting for you in the promised land. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for how you doing. Well, I'm okay. You know, I'm just a little, I'm a little, I'm going through a tough patch right now. Don't settle for okay when God's called you to elevate. Don't settle for going through the motions when God's called you to be bigger than what you're going through. So King Nebuchadnezzar wants you to bow down to sacrifice truth, to basically rewrite the Bible to fit your atmosphere. I'm telling you, he wants you to bow to the sound of division, the sound of despair, the sound of doubt, the sound of fear, the sound of lack. But I think we in this room, when you take your rightful place and you understand that you've got a power, you've got authority, and you've got dominion, I think that you can turn out like these three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter number 3, and you can stand up and declare that we will not bow down to any other name, we will not bow down to any other thing, we will be the generation in the church of this region that will not bow down, we will not surrender truth, and we will not settle for less, because we know that He is the only way. Somebody give God some praise. Come on. Say this with me. Say, I live a life of faith, not doubt. Do you? No, that was my question. Do you? <laughs> I, love, I love it, though. Because when you live that kind of faith, live that kind of life, you have this 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 5. You are, you are living stones being built into a spiritual house that will not collapse. Do you hear this? When you have that kind of faith, you become like Matthew chapter number 7, verse 24. You are a house that is being built on the cornerstone of Christ. And when you are that, you have that kind of faith, you're Ephesians 2, 20. I'm a house. Watch this. You are a house or a temple built to house the Spirit of God. And we got too many people housing pain, housing doubt, housing fear, housing everything but what God's called you to house. Come on. And so therefore you've got to get some audacity and say, I will not bow. And I believe that if you do not bow to any other sound, when you don't bow, you'll come out better than when you went in because God is able. He is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this, this, this faithfulness about them. And they looked at the fire and they said, hey, 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 you can throw us in the fire if you want to, but we're not going to get hurt. Go read it. That's how it translates. Hey, do whatever you want. God's able. That was their attitude. Throw us in the pit, throw us in the fire, whatever you want to do, big dog, we coming out. Because, listen to me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, you can throw us in, but you're not going to get us to come like it. We coming out of 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 it. Come on, you cannot settle for having little faith. These boys had Big faith. But little faith is Cain's offering when he gave God his second best. Come on. Little faith is when, when, when Moses strikes the rock the second time instead of speaking to it. But we are not little faith people. Come on. We have this unorthodox, radical kind of faith where we believe that God is able. You give your best offering even when you don't really know what it is like Abel. You, when you have that kind of faith, you build and you construct even when people are making fun of you like Nehemiah. When you have that kind of faith, you, 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 you'll give your Isaac like Abraham. When you have that kind of faith, you prophesy and you declare and decree that you're going into your promised land even while you're stuck in Egypt like Joseph. Come on. When you have that kind of faith, you'll cross the Red Sea even when there are chariots coming behind you like Moses. When you have that kind of faith, you go marching around some walls like Joshua. It's that Hebrews chapter number 11 kind of faith. Watch this. Hebrews chapter number 11 is probably one of my favorite scriptures watch this it says by faith everybody shout by faith, by faith. shout by faith. by faith it says by faith these people what people these people now I know it's not talking about us now but it is talking about us now okay put your name in there by faith 
These people elevate church, overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised. And watch this. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. What? And that's my favorite verse. Their weakness was turned to strength, and they became strong in battle and put entire armies to flight. Come on, shout, God is able. Shout it again. Shout, God is able. Where there was darkness, God is able to make light. Come on, where there was lack, God is able to make plenty. Where there was bondage, God is able to set free. Where you don't see a way, God is able to make a way. Some of you need to dance like you know the devil's defeated. Clap like you know that he is under your feet. And rejoice like his promises are still yes and amen. Because God is able. Where there was failure, God is able to make success. Come on, where there was drought, God is able to give you an abundance of rain. Come on, we can't afford to have small faith. We can't win this city with small faith. We can't win your families with small faith. You can't break an addiction with small faith. You have to have faith believe that God is able Woo! God is able to turn your despair into dancing your mourning into joy your weeping into worship God is able Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 20 proves it God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above 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 you see what they're saying you're looking at it on grand level and he's saying get your eyes above that's where he can do it He's above. Everybody shout, he's above. That means when God does it, he doesn't just half-heartedly do it. He doesn't just get you to scrape by. He does it big. Come on, he is able. God is able. If you don't believe me, go read the book of Jude, chapter number 1, verse 24. It says, God is able to keep you from failing. In the book of Romans, it says, God is able to fulfill all of his promises. God is able to do whatever he wants to do. And we have to have that kind of faith. We have to have that kind of faith. Come on, we have to have this water-walking, demon-binding, city-shifting kind of faith because we have to understand that he is able. Because you cannot fully embrace what God has for you until you understand what God did for you. You understand? The fact that he went to a cross for you gives you the authority to become him here. And you can't come out smelling like heaven until you activate that kind of faith. You've been going through some stuff, but you don't have to smell like the stuff you're going through. Come on, say it. Say, I don't have to. Say it, I don't have to. You can play. Here we go. This is where I'm going to get into dominion. A lot of people are asking me about my, my beard. That's um, <laughs> random. but uh, We're doing this thing for a, a little girl in Louisa. She's, uh, she's battling cancer, and so uh, it's No Shave November. Everybody wants to participate. It's $2 a day that you let your beard grow, so it's going it to be like 60 bucks that you donate, but it's worth it. So next, by the 30th of this month, I hope to have a beard down here, and by our Christmas party, I hope to put ornaments in it. Come on, somebody. Yeah, Jesus. So anybody wants to join me, let it rip. Come on, God's able. But you don't have to come out smelling like what you've been through. You don't have to. I've heard it said like this before. I've heard it said like this. That the favor of God can never, ever, ever be extinguished by the fires of life. So, so they tied up these boys and they threw them in a furnace. And when they threw these boys in the furnace, they had on turbans. Everybody shout turbans. Robes. And they had on garments. Now... When we read the scripture like that, we think it's just kind of elementary, entry level. Yeah, they had on clothes, but that's not what it's saying. And so they had on these garments, these turbans, these robes, these different things, this different attire, and they tied them up, and they put them in the fire, the Bible says, with their garments on. 
And the Holy Spirit instructed the writer of the book of Daniel to explain very specifically, I believe for a reason, why the clo- what kind of clothes these Hebrew boys were wearing. Why? Follow me for a second. Because these boys, you remember who showed up to watch them burn. It was the government officials. It was the politicians. It was nobody on the outside. It was everybody on the inside circle. The inner, the inner, the, 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 inner the, 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 the most popular people in the community were the ones invited. The governors and the city officials and the county officials and the town. All these people, the people of prominence were sitting there watching them burn. And these boys obviously had to have a place of influence or these guys would have never showed up. If they were just average, typical Joes, you think a governor's going to drive to watch them burn? Heck no. These guys are sitting there in a fire and they are burning and the governor's saying, come on, burn, baby, burn. Why? Because these three, boo boys, the three Hebrew boys are more powerful than you think they are. It's not just a little Sunday school sermon anymore. And listen, and that's why he got so mad, I believe, because if you read this and if you go back and study Hebrew culture, these three Hebrew boys were actually a part of the government. Which now explains why all the government officials were ticked that they wouldn't bow when he made the sound. So the government officials are saying, hey, we're all going to watch them burn. We're going to throw them in a fire and we're going to make an example out of these three boys that if you all don't bow, you're going to be in the same boat they are. Do you see it now? Okay. And so that's why Nebuchadnezzar got so ticked off. He was so mad because his own government was standing against him. They were rebelling. Everybody else was on their face and these three Hebrew boys was going. And if I were Nebuchadnezzar before I ever threw these boys in the fire, most of us, we would have stripped them stripped them and embarrassed them and made fun of them and we would have stripped them of all their clothes right but listen he did not do that he left the clothes on them now when we think of clothes and we see trousers and we see robes and we see all that stuff we just think of regular clothing like this but listen just like a cop when a cop wears a badge it's because they have authority right it it signifies the authority that they carry that they're not just the cop because if you take down that cop there's an entire you'll get backed by the, the, the city police and the county police and the state police and then the federal government See, you got it all. That's not just the cop you're fighting, it's the entire line, right? And so these boys are, are signifying by wearing these clothes that Nebuchadnezzar had them on that they are a part of something bigger than themselves. They are a part of the government. They are a part of, of a city official. They are a part of prominence. And these, authorities, these boys were carrying authority. And I'm telling you, these boys were in the fire with the authority that they already had on. But Nebuchadnezzar never stripped them of the authority. And it made me think, why in the world did he not take the clothes off of them before they, he went in there? Because in order, you got to understand, like I just said, these boys, based on the clothing they were wearing, were obviously a part of the government. You get that, right? But they knew, even in the middle of the Babylonian Empire, in Babylon, they knew they still had God's favor. So what they had, God ordained. What they were wearing, God ordained it before they ever went through it. So God said, I need you three Hebrew boys to be a part of the government and wear the robe. And I know how it's all going to work out because I know the end from the beginning. And so I've already been in your story. And I know that this is all going to work out. So I need you here to be a part of the governmental system. That way they can clothe you in the government. That way you can look like the government. That way they can mock you like the government, make you like the government. Then I need you here that when Nebuchadnezzar makes a decree that everybody needs to bow, I need you to stand and say, "Mm -mm, I'm not bowing today. And then they're going to throw you in the pit over here. And boys, it's going to be a little rocky. It's going to be a little scary. And you're going to go 
go through some tough storms over here. But all of this is going to work together for your good if you'll just believe that God is able. Because I'm telling you boys, three Hebrew boys, you're still carrying my favor even though you're going through the storm. So what they had on, God ordained it before they ever knew it. He put them in the furnace. Watch this. And, he, and, and, and the Nebuchadnezzar never stripped them of the authority that they already had. So while they were in the fire, they were still a part of the authority, authoritative government. Even though they were being burned, they still had authority. Because as long as you wore that outfit, you had authority. It didn't matter if you was on a mountain, in a valley, in a fire, in a pit, in a cave, in a house. It doesn't matter. You were a part of the government as long as you had that on. And Nebuchadnezzar made a mistake by not stripping them of that. See, the enemy is dumber than you give him credit for because he thinks that if he can just get you in the fire that you're going to quit. But what he doesn't know is that you were never stripped of the authority while you were in the fire and you're going to come out better than when you went in. Come on. Not one thing that they had on was touched. Their clothing was not singed because what you carry is greater than what you go through. Come on. And I'm a firm believer that what God has placed on you before the fire is still on you in the fire and it will, come, it will be on you when you come out of that thing. And regardless of what you go through in life, what God has placed on you will not be damaged say this it won't be damaged say I have authority uh, say it like you mean say I have authority whatever you had before you went in is still on you while you're in and it will be on you when you come out come on and if you are here and you've been through the fire and you've been through the furnace I want you to know that the dream and the vision and the destiny and the purpose and the passion is still on you I don't care what you've been through I don't care about the mistakes you made or the sins that you committed I don't care whatever the enemy has tried to do I'm a firm believer that if God put it on you 20 years ago 10 years ago 5 years ago 2 weeks ago 1 day ago 1 minute ago it's still on you say this with me it's still on me Come on, and it can come to pass in a moment. It's still on me. It's still on me. The calling is still on me. The purpose is still on me. The anointing is still on me. It's never left. The favor on you is greater than the fire in front of you. It does not matter. It's still on me. His grace, His purpose, His anointing, it will not be damaged. Do you understand that if you call yourself a Christian, it doesn't matter about your mistakes. God can forgive. But you are the namesake and the carrier of, the G of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave you the authority. He said, here, use my name. He trusted you. You are a co-signer. Come on. He gave you the same. You're, you, you have the power of attorney to everything that he has. And he's saying, use it. Use my name. People thought it was, you know, people thought that because of the storm that you went through, you lost your, your anointing. No, 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 no. It's still on you. People thought because of the mistakes you made that you lost. No, 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 no. It's still on you. It's still on you. His calling, His grace. Listen, God will not allow His name to be damaged. And you are a carrier of His name. Come on, people may think you're damaged, but He's not going to let it happen too long. Because you are not blessed based on where you are. You are blessed based on whose you are. And that's the final say. You are blessed based on whose you are. And you are a child of the living God. You're not defined by the fires you go through. You're defined by the fire on the inside of you. The fire of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you are blessed. Come on, you were blessed before the fire. You will be blessed in the fire. You'll be blessed coming out of the fire. You were blessed before the storm. You'll be blessed in the storm. You'll be blessed coming out of the storm. Because what? Come on, because what you carry from heaven is greater than what you go through on earth the turbans the cloak the mantle everything that God put on them before the fire was still on them in it and not one bit do you remember the scripture says not one bit was damaged they threw them in there unbeknownst to them they threw them in there with authority 
and with anointing. Come on. They went in looking like royalty. They came out looking like royalty. Come on. You're a king's kid, and it doesn't matter what you go in to. You're coming out looking. Come on. As we know, come on. As we know, I've decreed it and declared it over this church a million times. When heaven starts it, come on. Hell can't stop it. And we need to realize that. Do you know how many times the devil's tried to sit you down and shut you up? Do you know how many times the devil's tried to get you to think that you're a worthless piece of junk? Do you know how many times the devil's taught you, told you, don't even go to church this morning, you stupid sinner. Just stay at home. I know all your past. I know your mistakes. Do you know how many times the devil thought he had you kicked down, depressed, dismantled, disabled, all that stuff? But look at you now you're still standing and you're still worshiping and you're still going and it's not because you're Republican or Democrat or, or white or black or uh, charismatic or Pentecostal or Baptist it's not because of any of that it's because of who you are and based on who you are you've been clothed in righteousness and now while I'm in the fire I still have on my garments and there's nothing Whew. Come on, there's nothing going to change. Because I was clothed over here, I'm going to be clothed right here. And when I come out, I still got the clothes, the garment of righteousness and the garment of praise. Come on, you need, some of you need to trade in the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise and wrap yourself in that cloak and say, you know what? I'm going through this thing. 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 And when I come out, I'm going to be better than when I went in. I'm telling you, and some of you need to realize that what God has given you is the power and authority. It's the same spirit that when God spoke and said, the same spirit that got Jesus up from the dead lives on the inside of you and if death could not hold down Jesus then baby death cannot hold down you if depression could not hold down Jesus then depression cannot hold down you if, if lack couldn't hold down Jesus then lack can't hold down you if nothing come on you're still standing it's still on you whatever is trying to hold you down you got more power on the inside of you than you realize and if you'll step up to the plate and say I have because of this dominion to overcome this and I'm going to release it I'm still full of purpose the promises of God are still yes and amen the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance he has not changed his mind what he began he will be faithful to complete and I finish here verse 30 says this when the boys came out because there's always a season where you'll finally come out we got people crying over the same thing for the last 15 years. And you've been at the altar every Sunday for the last 17 Sundays. And that's okay. There's no shame there. But when you finally get this awakening inside of you to where you say, you know what? This thing inside of me is bigger than this thing around me. And I'm just going to take authority. And I'm going to stretch it. And I'm going to take my authority. And I'm going to see God do it. I'm going to take what he's given me in my hand. Because listen to me. Watch what verse 30 says. It says, when the boys came out, now, who, now who's here? So let me go back real quick. Watch this. It says, Then the high officers, the officials, the governors, and the advisors crowded around them to watch them burn. Verse 30, now somebody else has showed up. It says, When the boys came out, now the king is there. Because something's happening in the fire that now they've called the king. Hey, you got to come see this. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to a higher position in the providence of Babylon which is further evidence that they were a part of the government because you can't get promoted in a position that you never had come on you so you follow me because when your faith goes through the fire your outcome is always favor when you go in being timid you'll come out being bold when you come in faithless you'll come out faithful come on when you go in hopeless you'll come out hopeful when you come out the position that you had going in is not even going to compare to the one that you got coming out because God is going to promote you because he can trust you if you're faithful in the little God will make you ruler over much come on he's going to do it he's going to do it and the reason that we have as a church and you as your families have been through what you've been through and you've been going through the storm is the reason that you've been through what you've been through. I'm telling you is because I've said it before. Maybe, just maybe, God's got you on the precipice 
of occupying the very area that hell's tried to keep you out of. All of hell. Josh, ask Joshua, they built a wall. Ask Moses, it was a sea. Come on, ask Nehemiah, it was a building. Ask, ask Zacchaeus, it was his himself. It was a building project. All of hell has tried to build something to stop you. And God's saying, if you'll step up and say, you know what? Greater is he that's in me. Do you realize the, the com- complexity of that scripture? That greater is he that is in here than he that is out here. And we quote it and we put it on coffee mugs on the back of t-shirts and it looks pretty and I, it looks good for graduation. Greater, yeah, you know, God's, yeah. we don't even really believe what we're saying. Greater is he that's in me than the storms that I go through. And now, because of the authority of Jesus, come on, he has infiltrated your very being. And there was not one, it's not to say that Jesus didn't go through a storm. He was beaten, unrecognizable. You talk about a storm, he endured one. It's not to say you won't go through storms. But for the joy that was set before me, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he's seen you. And the, come on, you, that's, the, that's the reason that a vision is so important. Write down your vision and make it plain. That way when you're going through the storm, you can see the outcome, and you're going to press towards that thing. Press towards that thing. Come on, you're going to mount up with wings like eagles, and you're going to soar. Come on, you're going to do everything God called you to do. So I want you to perk up, cheer up, buttercup. Come on, dust your shoulders off, get your joy back, get your peace back, and march on. Because whether you believe it or not, I'm going to decree it again. You're going to occupy the very area that hell tried to keep you out of. You're going to take it by force come on you're going to take it by force we're going to take this city we're going to get this city we're going to see them saved we're going to see them healed we're going to see them delivered we're going to occupy every square inch of this region I believe our footprint's going to get bigger our voice is going to get louder and the enemy is going to be more afraid than he ever has because hell has tried to keep you from joy but I decree it's coming hell has tried to keep you from peace but I decree it's coming hell has tried to destroy your destiny but I decree you're getting it back but you must understand that we're not just fighting for this church we're fighting for your family members your co-workers, your schoolmates, every person that you come in contact with in Walmart, Food City, Big Lots, it does not matter. You're fighting for them. So sit there on your purpose as long as you want to. But while you sit there on what God's called you to do and don't do anything with it, there are people waiting on you because there's a harvest connected to you. So as long as you sit, I'm telling you, you're being selfish. I, as long, I may say it again. As long as you sit, you are being selfish. But when you awaken everything and say, you know what? I'm shy. I'm timid. I'm afraid. I'm back, bashful. I'm kind of backwards. But I'm going to just see what God can do with my calling. Because I know it may not be a Billy Graham harvest, but it might be five. It might be 50. It might be one. It does not matter. God just has somebody connected to you. And I'm telling you, we can't take that lightly. And so we have to add this attitude. Because of the spirit on the inside of me, I'm not waiting for the next generation to start a revival. I am revival because he is going to do something in me. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. What you carry, let me just sum this sermon up. What you carry is greater than what you go through. Come on. When your faith goes through the fire, the outcome is always favor. And now where you used to smell death and hopelessness and the flames of defeat, you now smell exactly like victory. Come on. You went through the fire, and watch what happened. Not even the smell of smoke was on them. How does that happen? Because if you know anything about the garments they wore, this is good. They were thick. They were silk. And the smell of smoke could not penetrate what they were wearing. 
So when they came out, the smoke stayed. They smelled good. They didn't smell like the smoke they were in because of what they were wearing while they were in it. Do you realize that you don't have to smell like what you were going through? You don't have to always talk about what you're going through. They don't have to be your God. They don't have to be your mountain anymore. Come on, if you would just lift your eyes into the hills and begin to focus on who He is and what He's doing and what He's done. Come on, I know if you look back, you can see how faithful He's been. You don't have to let that person be your God. You don't have to let unforgiveness be your God. You don't have to let doubt be your God. You can look back and say He was faithful there, 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 there. So I'm just going to get a praise break going and I'm just going to praise Him for how He's been faithful here. I may still be in the furnace. I may still be in the flames I may still be in the fire but the fire is not in me because I don't smell like what I'm going through you may see me in it but baby you don't know what's in me I'm coming out of this thing better than when I went in somebody shout amen Woo! because listen to me you cannot smell like hell when you are full of heaven a double-minded man is unstable in all its ways and a house divided cannot stand you cannot have something on the inside of you other than the Holy Ghost if you're a child of God, you can have fear and you can have doubt and anxiety, but I'm telling you, it has to bow low. You, can, you, you can't smell defeat when you're full of victory. You cannot smell. If you're a king's kid, you've got to smell like the dad's house. Come on, every house has its own distinct smell, doesn't it? Walk in granny's house, it smells like cookies. Walk in mom's house, it smells like a candle. Walk in your house, it smells like baby diapers. It, it, it's just whatever. Come on. You don't have to smell like what you went through. You smell like where you came from. I came from dad's house. I've been through hell, but I smell like heaven. Come on. I've been through the fire, but I smell like his glory. I've been through the desert, but I smell like the promised land. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I smell victory. Shout shout this with me. It's still on me. Shout it like you mean it. It's still on me. Purpose is still on me. Destiny is still on me. Joy is still on me. Love is on me. Anointing is on me. I've been through it, but I don't smell like it. And I'm coming out better than when I went in. Come on. It's time. It's still on me. It's still on me. I'm sick and tired of waiting on God to do something. God is here right now waiting on us to do something. We are going to take what the enemy has tried to steal. He's alive. He's ready. He's willing. We're going to occupy. We're going to occupy. As for me and my house, as for us in this city, as for us in this church, every mantle, every word, every calling, every purpose, every destiny, it is still on you. I don't care about what mistakes you made or where you've been or what you've done or who you who you done it with. It doesn't matter to me. I'm telling you, God can forgive you in an instant and everything that tried to break you in that season will restore you in this one. I'm telling you, you don't have to smell like it. Say this, it's still on me. And I'm greater than what I go through. Everybody jump on your feet. Close your eyes just for a second. Come on, what you don't know is that while you're in the storm, you're actually clothed in the very thing that is keeping the smell of smoke from getting to you. You're clothed in righteousness. You have the authority and the power of His name. Use it. Come on, speak to yourself. Speak to your mountains. Lay hands on yourself. See what God can do through you when you believe. Everybody close your eyes. Make this private just for a second. My favorite part of the service. If you're in here, I just want to ask one question. If you're in here and you can honestly say, I don't care if you're a part of the worship team. I don't care if you're a part of the kids ministry. I don't care if you're, this is your first time. It does not matter to me. I want you to be 100% honest and I want you to say, yes, I, I, I've been through the fire and I've let the smell of smoke get on the inside. 
It was never supposed to be there, but I've let it get there, and I just want to be free from that. I want to realize that God is not, he's not done with me. He's not forgotten about me, and I will come out better than when I went in. But for a season, I let the smell of smoke get in, and that's all I've been focused on is the thing I went through. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on. Most hands in the room. There's no shame there. There's absolutely no shame there. But what I want you to do is I don't want you to wait for me to pray over you. I don't want you to wait for our altar team to pray over you. I want you to take the authority and the dominion that God has given you. I believe in touching and agree, and I believe with two or more touch and agree on any one thing under heaven. It shall be established. I, I get all that, and I wholeheartedly believe in that. And you better believe that I'll agree with you. But first and foremost, you've got to take authority over your own life, over your own self, and say, you know what? God has given me dominion to come through this thing, and God has given me the authority and the power and the understanding and the wisdom and knowledge of God to come through this thing, and I'm I'm not going to smell like it anymore. The enemy may, as soon as you leave this church this morning, the enemy is going to get everything that you're going through back on your mind. And it's up to you to take charge of your mind and renew it. That's why the Bible was adamant about renew your mind daily. Because every single day, the thing that you're going through will be the focus. But God is saying, if you'll renew it and get your focus on where it should be, the kingdom of God, and what, and where you're going to, and how God's going to bless you coming in and bless you going out, and how you're going to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field, where you go... From here, listen to me very clearly. Where you go from this day forward, all is in your hands. Do you hear me? Where you go from here, all is in your hands. If you want to move forward, you've got to change your perspective. If you want to see God bless you, you've got to change your outlook. If you want to see everything God called you to do come to pass, you've got to lay hands on yourself. And it may seem kooky and spooky and weird and all that stuff, but you've got to speak life over your own self. And then we'll come and back it with some agreement and say, God is going to do it. But everybody say this with me. I have the authority. I have dominion. And from this day forward, I'm going to use it. If you're in here and you raised your hand just a second ago, all eyes keep closed. Raise your hand just a second one more time. I want to pray over you. Father, thank you that every hand in this room that raised... God is a hand signifying that we confess that we've let the smoke of the storms get on the inside of us. But God, I also thank you that every hand that is raised is signifying a fresh start and a new beginning. I thank you, Father, that you are clothing them in righteousness and the smell of smoke can't stay anymore. I thank you that every person that's got their hand raised that's full of depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness, all that stuff, it has to bow in the name of Jesus. I thank you. I come into agreement that they are full of life, that they everything that was dead is going to resurrect. I speak a fullness of joy. I thank you, Father, that peace is coming, the, the peace that surpasses all understanding. I thank you a healing in their mind, a healing in their body. I speak right now, God. In the name of Jesus that things are shifting in their favor I thank you that they're not going to smell like their storm they're not going to talk about their storm they're going to talk about what you're doing in their life and what you're going to do because they're not going to stay stuck in that season anymore we coming out we coming out we coming out better than when we went in better than when we went in we are stronger we got more courage we got more faith and we believe that the impossible is actually possible because of who lives in us so God I thank you that this morning you're clothing people with your righteousness and the smell of smoke can't penetrate anymore. I speak over this church that we are clothed. I speak over this city that we are clothed. I speak over myself and my family that we are clothed. I speak over this, this congregation that we are clothed and the smell of smoke is not going to have our focus anymore. You are better. You are bigger. You are greater and you are stronger and there is nothing that's more powerful than the name that you've given us the right to use. The name of Jesus. So God let us take our God given authority 
and let us smash everything that's been trying to come against us because when we come out isn't it funny that the most important people were watching these boys burn to see how they were going to react but when they came out they got promoted you might not have governors watching you, but you got your little girl watching you. You got your little boy watching you. You got your church watching you. Come on, you got the city watching you. And whatever you're going through, they're going to see how you react. And I'm telling you, when you come out better than when you went in, I'm telling you, if you'll stop focusing on the things that are wrong, start focusing on who done you wrong, what done you wrong, she done me this, he done me that. Stop focusing on that and say, you know what? God has done nothing but been faithful to me. God has been awesome. And I'm just going to focus on Him and I'm going to worship Him. And I know you tried that and you, you said, Pastor, I've, I've done that. I've raised hands in my car. I've beat my steering wheel. I've cried some tears but no 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 you've forgotten about authority there's a difference between tears and, and purpose there's a difference between tears and, and authority and tears and dominion there's a difference it's alright to cry but at the same time you're crying you better believe that you're more powerful than you think you are and you say you know what I'm not letting this stop me anymore I have authority from this day forward and I'm going to use it and I'm going to be better coming out than when I went in Come on, everybody give God a hand clap. Come on, everybody shout unto God. Say thank you for the authority. Thank you for the power. Come on. Thank you, Father. You are awesome. You are amazing. And nothing can stop what you have started. In Jesus' name, we love you. We bless you. Everybody said, Amen. Give Jesus one more hand clap. Hey, real quick, real quick, Monday night's class at 6.30, Tuesday night's class at 6.30. This Wednesday night, Linda and Randall are going to teach a class on grace. Come on. And if you've ever just sit around the table and talk to them, they are amazing. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what God does through them. And so this Wednesday night at 6.30. So we'll have three nights. Uh, so just come and be blessed and see what God is going to do. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. And I'll see you sometime.